y'all. This is Secret Sauce, a podcast about the secret ingredients in our work and life. I'm your host, Becca Borelli. I'm also an illustrator in Austin, Texas. And this is episode five, We Didn't Come Here to Be Right. <clears throat> so I want to talk with you today about ideas around rightness. I want to tell you a story about chimpanzees. <laughs> And before I do that, I want to give a disclaimer that this episode is going to be soupier than others, although generally they'll always be soupy. (laughs) This podcast is stories that I needed when I was a young artist and that have helped me re- negotiate my relationship with my work in a really positive way. And also this podcast are going to be stories that I need right now. And this is one of those days. This is a story that I need right now. And so I have had less time to weave it <laughs> and it will. And I know that, um, I know this is going to be soupier and and more rough around the edges because this is the fourth time I have tried to record it. Um, I've tried to take the advice of the title that it doesn't need to be right to be good and helpful. And also it has to make sense. And also it probably won't. (laughs) It totally makes sense. And so I, I wanted to give myself some grace before I tell this story. Uh, these Actually, there's a few stories. Um, and also to sort of plead for some grace from you to follow along anyway, because I, I'm feeling very called to share this right now and not to wait um, until later. And so I'm stubbornly plowing ahead with what I've got. And I feel like it must be that this rough around the edges sort of blend of different ingredients into a big hot boiling pot (laughs) is is, um, extra okay right now, I I guess, right? I mean, that's all. (laughs) That's all I have. Okay. So years ago, I watched a documentary about chimpanzees and... I spent all day yesterday on and off trying to find this documentary. I couldn't find the name of it. I couldn't remember the name of it. I I also couldn't recall the name of the researcher that the documentary profiles. I do have a generally, I think, reliable memory that he was an Ivy League researcher and that he was following a a troop of chimps from Tanzania for a decently long time. I I remember that he was later in his career and he had been with this particular troupe for a few decades. Um, And the whole first half of the documentary was kind of sharing his, his studies of them, specifically around the ways that chimps structure their society. Um, Insofar as their structure is really similar to the way humans structure society. That there's a few um, chimps at the top 
they claim power through dominance and taking power from others. They have access to the most resources and women and, you know, you get the idea. And then there's this sort of these tears underneath them. And I don't know, (laughs) I don't know if I can speak for all artists um, on this point and, and also fully acknowledging that what I'm about to say is completely tainted by bias and is not in any way objective. But I, I remember like, even now I remember having this impression as I was watching the first part of this documentary of kind of just wanting to roll my eyes. Like, why, why is this interesting? Like there have been pyramid social structures since the beginning of time. Like every revolution that humans have ever tried to have has always just led to the submissive subordinate classes creating another pyramid again anyway. And like, I, I can't, I think the reason that I, I have this sort of knee-jerk reaction to roll my eyes to this is because um, I, I've definitely, I'm not, and when I say this, I'm not re- like referring to being at the bottom of an economic structure. I am very fortunate to have been born to solidly middle-class parents. Um, on a global scale, I've experienced a tremendous amount of economic privilege that um, I very much recognize and <laughs> on a more energetic hierarchy, I've always kind of felt like I fell squarely at the bottom. I always felt really pushed around by the way that I was, that the, just the way that I naturally am has never felt like a good fit <laughs> on, the, on the planet. And that if I sound relatable on this podcast, it's from decades of practice. (laughs) And and so, you know, the idea of studying a hierarchy just doesn't appeal to me at all. Like, and I, I probably was only halfway listening to this documentary to begin with. And then the, the movie shifts, right? And so this researcher, He's at his, you know, his home university in the States and he gets a phone call from some of his team in Africa that some of the chimps in the top echelons of the troop, like the, the dominant, you know, you know, superior, (laughs) superior ranking chimps had wandered into a village one day and found some food they believe by a dumpster of scraps of food and they brought it back to the troop and shared it with the rest of the troop. And the food was tainted in some way um, to the extent that it wiped out a huge, like the majority of the troop was killed by this food. And I remember the doc, I remember the researcher was devastated. Like he, I remember him saying, this is like my family. I've been with them for decades. He immediately dropped everything. He went to Africa to sort of assess the situation and was surprised to discover when he got there that the remaining chimps that hadn't perished were all at the very, like the very bottom rung of the social ladder of the hierarchy of the hierarchical structure. (laughs) And they hypothesized that one of the reasons that this might have been the case was that 
the thing that made these chimps very easy to dominate also saved their lives, that they were sensitive enough to tell that the food was tainted and didn't eat it. And I mean, that's a fascinating enough story as it is. I could have, I could have ended there, um, but it didn't because then these these really sensitive, squishy, relatively compassionate chimps began the work of rebuilding the troop and they continued to mate and have babies. And this researcher began to notice something interesting that unlike humans who recreate um, sort of the same dominance hierarchy, this group of chimps had, you know, they'd spent their entire lives at the bottom of the social structure. They, they weren't wired to dominate. They had learned to be incredibly egalitarian and share, um, that their social inclinations were power with one another, not power over one another. And when their babies started to, if, if their babies actually started to exhibit traits of dominance, they were immediately reprimanded and educated out of those tendencies. And this researcher began to witness a paradigm shift that these low, so-called low level chimps were not low level at all. In fact, their way of doing things was profound and sustainable and beautiful they had just never been able to do those things in the way that the structure had been before. So continuing on this journey of stories, I'd like to tell you a second story <laughs> and, um, and trust me, this, we're going somewhere interesting, I promise. So <laughs> So on a seemingly unrelated note here in Austin, Texas, I have been embarking on sort of this brave new, like sort of embarking on this journey of, of navigating this brave new world that we find ourselves in that yes, there are people dying, um, like the chimps, but, but that's not the comparison I'm drawing here. Um, the, the chimps dying is a metaphor for ideas dying. And there are ideas in our culture that we have held really dear um, in every aspect of life. Like I'm not talking about politics right now. I'm not talking about philosophy right now. I'm not talking about the environment. I'm just saying that in every possible aspect of human existence, there have been ideas that we've held really dear that we are all questioning because those ideas are dying. <laughs> the pandemic is killing them, right? And I'm sort of navigating that as a small business owner. I am very fortunate that um, I have a buffer, that I have some time to pivot, and that I'm also being incredibly supported. Y'all, I can't even... like. I want I want to tangent on this and I'm I'm not going to because of the sake of time but just let's say that I'm being very supported by other small businesses in Austin that are continuing to hire me to do really meaningful artwork and I feel very supported for now. And also <laughs> um 
There's no way to control or predict any of the outcomes that my actions will have, right? Like there's, I mean, being a small business owner, first of all, is always kind of chaotic. There's very little you can predict and control in small business, but there were some things that I was able to control and predict. One of them was the income for my assistant who came and started working with me in November. And she is indispensable to me already. She works 10 hours a week and I really, really benefit from her presence personally and professionally. I really, really will struggle if she goes away. (laughs) And it used to be that I could predict where her income was going to come from. And I can't do that anymore. So just like one small example of how everyone is feeling this. Also, I have to acknowledge that I am not struggling nearly as much as most of the people in the country right now. It's really amazing. And I'm feeling very fortunate. Um, but I have had a hard time. Like, where do I put my hands on this wall? I suddenly find myself on, I don't have any, like, it's not even just a, it's not even a normal wall. It's a moving wall (laughs) where everything is moving in a way that I've never seen in my lifetime. And that's how everyone is kind of experiencing this world. We don't know what, kind of results our actions are going to have because nothing is predictably moving right now. And in this place, I've started to have this thought and the thought immediately struck me as not helpful. And yet, (laughs) I've said that a couple of times, and yet, the acknowledgement that it's not a helpful thought was still not enough to keep me from having it. I've been almost feeling plagued by it this last week. And the thought was this, you've got to get this right, Becca. You don't have any room to make a mistake right now. And I am sure there's (laughs) some people, um, you know, hearing that, And they're like that. I mean, that sounds pretty reasonable to think that right now. In fact, that sounds pretty helpful. Like, don't we want to just be keeping ourselves in check? Or shouldn't we be checking ourselves to make sure that our choices are right? You know, isn't that what we should be doing right now? And there's some truth to that. I would agree with that. But I'm also very cognizant, y'all of this other thing. And that is that baked into the statement, you've got to get this right, Becca, are all kinds of assumptions about rightness and all kinds of voices from the dominant monkeys (laughs) speaking into my brain from my childhood, you know? Um, An example of that Um, You know, because I know that's abstract. So an example of that would be like, when I have the thought in my head, you've got to get this right. It draws up all kinds of assumptions about dominance. You've got to dominate this. You've got to control this. You've got to set aside your feelings right now. This isn't a time for feelings. This isn't a time for intuition. This isn't a time for your squishy artsy fartsy. Okay. You've got to, you've got to be strong. You got to fucking slay. Uh, 
You got to hustle, right? All of that language. And there might still be some people hearing that and they're like, yeah, I agree. (laughs) This is the time to slay. This is the time to grind. If there's ever a time to do those things, now is the time. And maybe in a different time in history, that could be true. But I disagree now. I really disagree now. And the reason why is because that mentality of you are what you produce, the value that you offer is connected to your capacity to grind and hustle and dominate the competition and dominate the world and dominate others. Your value is connected to your capacity to take from others, right? That mentality is what's gotten us into this shitty predicament (laughs) to begin with, right? Like we've been dominating on this planet since humans started organizing in agricultural groups. And, and I think we can all collectively agree, no matter what, (laughs) no matter what our political ideas are, no matter what our philosophical ideas are, no matter what our social and cultural, you know, stereotypes and biases might be, we can all collectively agree that this place is not good. And, and that this place is a result of centuries of, of dominance and power over, right? It's if you want to have power, you got to take it from someone else. If you want power, someone else has to lose, you know? And... I, I was thinking about the story of the chimps because I started to wonder, are we in a place where the soft, squishy chimps might be the leaders? Not yet. We're not there yet. <laughs> but could we be approaching a time where the, where the people at the bottom are going to be the ones that have the wisdom we need. I think so. And if you're listening to this as an artist, as a creative person, as a soft, squishy person, um, I really believe that you need to hear that. I really believe that you have something the world needs. I don't know what it is. I don't know when they will need it. But I am certain that it will be needed at some point soon. And I was thinking about what is it that keeps the soft, squishy, submissive, (laughs) compassionate, empathic chimps um, from, you know, expressing their ideas and sharing their gifts. And it's fear. (laughs) It's fear um, of the dominant monkeys, you know? But 
I think we're kind of quickly approaching this time where the dominant monkeys aren't always like literal and physical. Sometimes they're just ideas that are really shitty and old, you know? And I was thinking about that because I was watching Dave Chappelle on Netflix the other night, um, accepting the Mark Twain prize. And he said something that is now the title of this episode. He said, I didn't come here to be right. And then he paused. And in that pause was this implication of, and fuck you to all of you who insist that I get it right up here. I'm a comedian. I'm not here to be perfect. I'm not here to be right about anything. I'm here to be myself. And I freaking felt that. I felt that so hard because there's so much pressure on anyone who dares to say anything different that they have to be perfect and they have to get it right. And I felt like he was calling bullshit on that idea. He's like, no, no, I don't have to be right. I can be fucking totally wrong because I'm allowed. I'm a comedian. (laughs) I'm not a scientist. I'm not claiming to have all the answers. I'm just a comedian being himself. And I felt that so hard. And baked into that one sentence, I'm not here to be right, was all of this freedom to just be, you know? And, And then he said something else that was so beautiful to me. He said, I'm here to create an army of artists. And I felt like he was kind of saying to all artists collectively, you're going to be on the front lines, that you are the leaders that we need. And I I believed that, but I also kind of like didn't get it. I don't know if you can relate to that feeling of like, well, yeah, that sounds really beautiful in theory, but what does that mean? <laughs> artists are going to save us, Right. And then I remembered the chimps, you know, that in a vacuum where the old thing dies and there's space for the sensitive ones to make stuff, I mean, that could be a paradigm shift right there. It's just a thought experiment, but I think it's an apt one, you know, and I think a lot of people listening to this can, can kind of have been kind of feeling that even if they couldn't put words to it, I'm sure you can feel there, there's things shifting and that you have something deeply important to play in that shift, you know. I have to also say, as I'm kind of like, I feel like getting closer to the end of this episode, I also have to acknowledge that the narratives and the suggestions that I've sort of been weaving together up until this point y'all could be totally fucking bullshit. Like, do I think they're bullshit? No, I think there's a lot of power and value in them or I wouldn't be (laughs) devoting so much time to it. But I also think it's important to acknowledge that they could be bullshit and I'm allowed to say them. And you're allowed to do whatever you think you need to do too. You know, like this podcast has been one of the hardest things for me to create because I feel like I have to get it perfect or 
it's bull or it's stupid and dumb and like, what's the point? <laughs> and I've had to really reflect um, on this idea of why, why? Um, and that's why I've started to say in every episode of this podcast, and I will probably continue to say it in every episode going forward, take what resonates with you and leave the rest. I'm not interested in being everything for you. I can't be. (laughs) If I'm going to be myself, I'm pretty sure I'm going to say something you disagree with. I'm pretty sure I'm going to piss off some people. Um, But I also know there's things in here that will mean something to you. And I want you to take those things and have permission to dump the rest in your garbage bin because it doesn't matter. Like it, the things that end up meaning nothing to you will probably mean something to someone else. And that's the beauty of being an artist. You know, I want permission to just be wrong. Don't you? Isn't that what's keeping us from making something that matters? And you know what else I want? I want permission to, to not slay. (laughs) I want permission to not grind. This is not a call for you to go out there and do some work right now. Like it could be incredibly revolutionary to be soft and squishy and sit at home and just be like Ferdinand the bull in that storybook for children. And just, he, he just sat in a field of flowers and it was like the most revolutionary thing in that book. Right. I'm not, I'm not interested in participating in the hustle anymore. And I know there's people out there who are absolutely feeling called to grind and hustle. And that is great. There's no wrong answer to the call right now. But for me, um, I'm fascinated by this idea of what do the quiet, soft people sitting at home by themselves have to say? The ones that have always kind of felt like they're at the bottom, that they don't have anything to offer. I mean, this idea is in all kinds of faith traditions. Um, My mother is a minister. I grew up going to church. And Jesus said that. He said, let the little children come to me. Um, He he knew that the people with the least amount of power had so much to give. (laughs) So much to give. Um, A few, I don't know, I think it was a few years ago now, I stumbled across this video called The Pyramid and the Pool by Martha Beck. Um, If you feel inspired after this podcast, you should listen to it. She is definitely a quirky, eccentric woman Um, in the best way. She she was a sociologist at Harvard, so definitely as quirky as an eccentric as she sounds, she is a brilliant human. And and her idea in, in the pyramid in the pool was based on this deep belief that she had when she was young that she was going to live through a shift in consciousness. And it was something that inspired her to be in sociology. And she was also fascinated with why is it that humans always create pyramids. There'll be this big revolution in in every country and in every historical period. There have been so many revolutions and every time the structure that comes out of the revolution is just another pyramid where a very few have power and the masses are suffering, you know? And 
And Martha suggested something that is very on par with the story of the chimps, that this shift, if there's, if, if the pandemic is the beginning of a shift, and I think it is, but I could be wrong, um, that the, the leaders are going to be at the bottom and that this revolution is going to be very different because the people at the bottom aren't going to get power by destroying the people at the top. This revolution is going to be an absorption and the people at the top are just going to be absorbed by the ideologies of the people at the bottom. And there will be no losers in this revolution. And I love that. I had, I have a sticker in my collection. I, it's actually not in my shop on my web store right now, but I think maybe after posting this, I'll put it back up if you want to check out BeccaJBorelli.com. Um, I had a sticker years ago, Compassion is the Next Revolution. And I really think that that puts creative, sensitive, hippie, squishy, artsy-fartsy types uh, at the helm of this potentially new ship that no one else is going to know how to steer, you know? Um, but I, but like I said, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm right. I don't, I'm not interested in being right. <laughs> like this, this podcast isn't about being right. Um, let's just, let's just be free from being right. And instead let's try to be kind. Let's try to be gentle. Let's try to be compassionate. Um, that maybe those are the actual right things to be done, you know? (sighs) Anyway, that's what I'm thinking about today. And I look forward to speaking with you again in a week. I continually hope that I'm going to create some structure (laughs) around this podcast. I'd like to have an easy way for you to share it. Um, I am hoping to create a Patreon page with some features for people that are interested in supporting this podcast. Um, And I'm also beginning to start to release some online art classes connected to some of the work that I've been doing around artistry and sensitivity. Um, And that will be announced in future episodes as well. But in the meantime, if you enjoy this podcast, um, the best way you can share any gratitude with me is to um, forward it to people that you love who you think would like it because it's the best way to get it out there. I, I am not, I'm sure those of you that have been following me for a period of time know, um, every single thing in my business has been a hundred percent word of mouth. I am not interested in marketing and I'm terrible at it when I try. (laughs) So (laughs) thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have gotten the most beautiful messages and feedback from people around this podcast and it means the world to me. Um, And if you feel so moved um, after you share this, it would also be wonderful if you would consider leaving a five-star review because I do believe that is how people doing searches in um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, et cetera, can find it easier. So until next time, friends, peace.